Yesterday, I did a video on my interpretation of what commercial real estate is going to be, the next shoe that's going to drop. This is what uh, Elon Musk even did a twit, uh, tweet on it saying that commercial real estate is going to be the next problem that the banks face. So I did a exposure of what is the uh, commercial real estate business all about in yesterday's video. What I wanted to do today was say, okay, it's not only going to be commercial real estate. It's going to be a, uh, residential real estate. It's going to be um, uh, student loans. It's going to be anything and everything where the consumer has to pay the bank for the bank to stay in business. So what I did was go into some detail. I expanded this uh, chart that I show, showed you about a month ago to show what is the individual bank's exposure to loans. What percentage of their business comes from loans? And it's kind of eye-opening as to not all banks are equal. Let's get into it. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. My premise is if, in fact, we are going into a recession, if we're not already there, and peop and the price of food is going to go up because Jay Powell is going to continue to raise interest rates, and we're going to have to make choices of what we pay and what we don't pay, and food and, and shelter is going to be those that we pay, and we'll probably stop paying our, our mortgage payment, our student loan payment, our credit card bills, anything that is optional that, that I can get by, I can deal with the harassment. And so I, I am of the belief that the banks are going to be receive the brunt of this. So then my logic was, okay, let me figure out which banks have the greatest exposure to this inability of the consumer to meet their obligations. And so I went to Seeking Alpha and I went through their financial statements on the banks that I'm tracking and I looked at what was their total assets and then what was their gross loans. How much of their total assets was tied up in loan obligations because I believe that if in fact we go into a recession, those loan obligations are going to become discretionary payments. And that is going to threaten the solvency of the banks. Uh, we, we know that people with money have pulled the money out and gone to treasuries. Now we're looking at what about the people who owe the banks money who stop paying. So again, I went to Seeking Alpha and let me show you how I updated this chart. And let's see if you and I can pick who the next four banks are that are going to close their doors. Okay, here's my Seeking Alpha page. As you can see, they got a promotion on now where you can get their premium for $4.95 for the first 30 days and familiarize yourself for it or with it. So what I did was uh, go into Zion Bank and then I'm going to come over here and I'm going to go to Financials and it's going to take me to a page and then I'm going to go to Balance Sheet, okay? And so on the Balance Sheet, then it's going to show me um, basically where their assets are. And what I want to look at is what is their gross loans. Um, this is probably in millions, so that's 55 million. And then I want to go down here and see what are their total assets, and that's 89 million. So then I'm going to take that to my chart, 
and find out what and and create a formula to find out what percent of their business is wrapped up and dependent on um, these gross loans being paid. So let me go over then to my Excel spreadsheet. Okay, here's the Excel spreadsheet that I did. And as you can see, let's go to Zion Bank. I have put them in here um, and I've got their this this I did prior. Uh, I got their amount of assets, um, their um, assets to uh, liabilities, which shows Zion Bank actually has more liabilities than they do uh, assets. Their their profit margins are thirty percent. Um, their unrealized gains uh, have actually are at uh, three point. One billion uh, or million, and that is has grown by three uh, percent from prior year. So then I come over and I look at their uh, net income, and uh, look, again make sure I'm lined up that I'm on Zion, and their um, percent off their high is fifty nine percent, which is not the worst, but not real good. And then I come over here and what I just did was what percent of their assets are represented in gross loans. And as you can see, it's 62%. I, I divided their gross loans by their assets and their gross loans are 62%. Then what I did was rank them based on uh, the highest to the lowest. And to get you an idea of what is normal, uh, these are your bigger banks. This is J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, and Morgan Stanley. And you'll notice there's no number for Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. They don't basically loan money. They're in the, the brokerage business and the investment business. But you can see of the bigger banks uh, that we they uh, loans loaning money represents anywhere from twenty seven to thirty two percent of their business. Uh, what is this? This is uh, Wells Fargo. It's fifty one. So it's a little bit out of line. So then what I did was say, okay, who's the highest? And that came out to be. Um, Truist, T-R-U-I-S-T, financial. That's pretty high. Then I looked in and said, okay, they're very dependent on the consumer making their payments. If we go into a recession and uh, the consumer can't make their payments, they're in jeopardy. How do they rate in other uh, uh, avenues. The the market hasn't punished them. They're only 43% off their high. Um, if I come on then across here, um, their net income, they're actu they actually lost money uh, this past year. Uh, if I come across here, um, their uh, assets, uh, unrealized losses is growing. They have a gross margin of 28%. I look at that and say, I need to put them in yellow. Um, they are a bank that I would say, let me get that up there, is in jeopardy. They are one we need to be watching very carefully. Then you can see the other yellow banks that I have uh, noted is First Republic, which I think if you watch any of the news, you understand uh, they are in, in question. But they they don't have 
uh, the First Republic, again, going across, they have about 78% of their business dependent on someone sending them a check on, on, a, on a monthly basis. So I think it's, it's justified that there's, they're in, in question. Then if we go to the others that are very heavily um, skewed towards um, monthly checks, that's Pacific West, and uh, Western Alliance uh, Bank Corporation. They're at 70% and 77% respectively. Again, the one that's, that really sticks out here is um, Truist uh, Bank. I'm not really familiar with them, but what I'm trying to do is basically try to understand how these, biz- how these banks make their money and what their exposure is, you might have just noticed that the prices on the, uh, or some of the numbers on the sheet changed. This is an Excel spreadsheet, and wherever I key it like this with this little building next to it, uh, it's actually uh, updating its uh, price uh, the today's price on a, on a, about a five minute basis, which then changes uh, other numbers such as the percentage of off the high, their PE ratios, um, a number of numbers. So I get a running count. This is something I'm going to put on our website once we get it built in the next th- hopefully 30 to 60 days. So with this in mind, I see Pacific uh PacWest is to be watched very carefully. Um, Western Alliance, again, very dependent on the consumer. Um, and, and you can see the um, First Republic. I think First Republic's num- days are numbered. I know Jim Cramer says he has a lot of friends that bank there, and they're, a, they're just a very friendly bank. Yeah, Jim, that may be nice for you, but uh, I think it's, it's a stretch for other people. And as you can see, uh, they're 92% off their high. They're probably going to be the next one that, uh, that folds. So, what do we do as investors to take advantage of this situation? How do we take this data and use it to our advantage? How do we take the hours Gary spent figuring out all these numbers and updating them and saying, okay, I can make a good investment decision based on this. In full disclosure, I only own one of these banks, and that would be uh, Bank of America, and I only own it um, basically because Warren Buffett owns it, and it's—I believe it's his—it's his third highest um, uh, ex, uh, exposure. And their business is only thirty-four percent of it is dependent on you or me or someone writing a monthly check to pay for a mortgage, a student loan, um, a, a car loan. A, a line of credit, so they're in. They're more in the financial business. Okay, let's see what conclusions we can draw from all this. My conclusions are pretty simple. Uh, more cash. I I'm about fifty percent cash right now. I have a substantial holding in LNG, liquid natural gas, 
Um, and I'm going to probably cut that in half once I get into a positive position. I'm, I'm about 2% down on it right now. Uh, but as soon as I get uh, into more a positive position, I will liquidate about half of it. And that'll probably bring me up to about 60% cash. I want to be there because I believe that there's going to be some tremendous buys that are going to be uh, presented to me over the next two months. And those buys are going to be available as the banks crumble a little bit more. I think the banks just have gotten way out of whack uh, as to what their position is in the economy. Then with the changes in the Federal Reserve's interest rates and their fight to control inflation, they're going to get hurt. And our banking system is going to have to be revised. And then we can move on with um, the disruption of technology and move further into um, artificial intelligence and how it's going to change the world and machine learning and how uh, genome sequencing and genome editing is going to change the world. And that, and I want to be in a position to buy the companies uh, that are going to do that. And that's why I'm going to cash right now. I do see myself getting back into genome sequencing and genome editing, but it's right now on the back burner. We have to get through this banking situation. That's where the attention is going to uh, be focused. That's where the market's going to move. And I don't want to be there to, um, to, to be hurt any further. So that's my take on it. I hope you find this beneficial. I want to create a place where that you can go and see that chart that I created on a on a daily basis. I'm going to do that through a website. Um, and, and again, I'm meeting with people to try to get that done. It's not as easy to get good work done as you might think. My name's Kerry Grinkmeyer. I'm a retired financial advisor. Uh, I basically have a, a goal in life to help you make better investment decisions, to basically help you uh, keep more of what you make. I just wrote my checks to um, to the federal government for my taxes, uh, owed a little bit more this year, and, uh, and then to create family wealth. And I do that through a number of uh, adventures that I pursue, stock market being one of them. I invest in rare whiskeys, and I am growing my, my wife's coin collection. So that's what my interests are. That's what I want to help you with. Let's keep talking. We'll talk again tomorrow.